I think. This is about the distance. The audio looks interesting, but we'll try it. Andrew, are you ready? I'm ready, sir. All right. On three. Can you pour into there? Yes, I Oh, can. my gosh. I get There's ice in here. Okay. I've been carrying this. By the way, I've been carrying this in my backpack, so it might be a little shaken up. I did bring. You brought some napkins. I love it. Just to be safe. All, all right. right. We'll open it on three, all right? Okay. One, two, three. There you go. You're officially on the Jackson Canope podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Is it, is it, are we live? Oh, we are. We are live like Bill O'Reilly. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how long his career is going to be. Oh, whoa. Hey, I got lots of You spilling. You are spittling everywhere. Yeah. All right. Here's the night napkin you got. Thank you. I, I did it for me, I guess. Uh, I'm going to give a little bit of a monologue real quick. Okay, I love you. Um, it's been a long time since I've uploaded. I feel like it's been probably about a month, it feels like. It's been a, few, a little while. Yeah. But this is the 19th episode. This is the one right before the 20th, if my math is correct. I, I, it might be. Yeah. It might be. All right. I'll have to check uh, my uh, statistics charts or whatever you do. But. I got you. Well, I do appreciate that. So... I don't know what I'm going to do for the 20th, but this episode is still very special. I have my mentor with me. He's a very good man. He's one of my favorite people on campus. Oh, my. Stop it. Stop now, usually I try to do the monologue while people aren't here, So, but still you'll have to be here for it anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll listen to every word. All right. Well, Andrew was my cat mentor. That's how we met. Uh, he does a bunch on campus. He's a very busy man. And this is a Sunday evening. I don't know if I'll wait to upload it. Like Friday evening or Saturday morning, try to keep it regular. But I do appreciate that you're willing to work with me on the schedule. I appreciate being here. And I will say, like, I obviously think I would have made it through my first semester without Andrew's help, but I think it was, he helped me a lot. Awesome. He saw some interesting parts of me during our mentor meetings, but I'm very glad that he's here. So without further ado, Andrew Cunningham, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to be here tonight. Uh, <laughs> If I can say one thing, the pursuit of happiness is one of the most thriving, most thriving media productions in the greater Springfield area, hands down, <laughs> uh, up and coming. I appreciate that. We're on that grind. Uh, so to do this podcast, we traveled a lot around campus today, and we ended up in a very sketchy part of our library. Sketchy as this can be. Yep. There is no light except from the hallway, and this is a conference room. It looks like it's been turned into a small maintenance area, and uh, we did not get the conference room I reserved a week in advance, sadly, so yeah. it'd definitely be like that. Uh, yeah. There was people in there, and they seemed pretty dead set on finishing their meeting over the time, but that's all right. People got to do what you got to do. I'm doing what I got to do. But uh, we explored campus. We got close to a ghost room that I didn't know existed. Pretty ghosty. Yep. I was told that if I ever needed to have a private moment with a nice person I wanted to get intimate with, I could use that area. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, we saw the stairway of nowhere. We're not going to elaborate on where that is because it's supposed to be something you go out and find. So Secret passageway. Yep. Andrew has now seen it. So First time he's... He, I mean, he... New experiences, that's all I can say. Right. New experiences. Yep. Andrew, you are a sophomore here, and you're a part of SGA, and I'm College of Republicans. Uh, you are a part of the CAP program still. You are a mentor. Like, what else do you do on campus? Well, you've said it great so far. Okay. I appreciate that. Um, also, Student Advocacy Coalition, that's okay. another thing. Really fighting on behalf of the university. Um, 
I work at the Central Illinois Nonprofit Resource Center, which is actually located here at the library. Um, I think that pretty much sums up my campus-wide involvement, but thank you. If there's anything that just hits my attention, I'll say, hey, I do that too. I got but, you. Um, are you you're a vice president at the Student Government Association here? Yes, sir. So I, I've interviewed people. Luigi was a part of SGA still, so yes. we got his perspective. Would you like to elaborate on what you do in SGA? Well, thank you. Um, primarily, my role is internal vice president, which is serves on the executive board. Uh, this is my second year on SGA. Mm-hmm. My role, I truly believe this is my role, is to serve as a liaison between the students, the administration, and work to my best ability to help students any way I can. And that might, and I don't want to be cliche, I don't want to sound artificial in any way, but that is what I try to do when I serve in my role. All right, well, that's a pretty good thing. I think that's pretty noble. Thank you. Do you feel like you're making an impact on campus? I think so, and it's, um, it's not always seen, <laughs> because we don't, our current system in SGA, we don't pass a lot of resolutions or laws or bills or anything, but yet, what we do is we really try to set up meetings. We try to face to face with people, which has seemed to really make an impact. We've seen things change that we want to change and students might not ever know what happened, mm-hmm. but that doesn't matter because we know it happened and we know that we made the university a better place. And I think, uh, I think there's a respect level for SGA that I haven't seen in my lifetime. You know? Well, that's I, pretty good. No, I, I might be, that's dramatic, but yes. Okay. I will say I've talked to a few people so, like I've heard some people revere SGA as something that they even want to be a part of, and some people say it's more or less just a title to have a title. Right. But do you feel like it's an important thing on campus? Yeah. Obviously, you're a part of it, and I'm not saying you're biased, but I feel like you are at least passionate enough to realize that you're doing something for a purpose. What do you think about the people that think it's just another campus organization that you just have a title in? Okay, um, yes, and, and I see both sides. Mm-hmm. People, you, you make it what you make it. I see. Um, some people use it as something to hold a title. Some people think this will boost me on a resume, mm-hmm. or some people might even go within the best intentions, but then when they are in SGA, they just use it for their own personal gain. I don't, I don't uh, like think of it that way. I get people who say SGA doesn't do anything for me, mm-hmm. and you know SGA could obviously be better. It can always be better. We're always improving. We're a small university. We work with what we got, um, but I don't think that's the right attitude to go at it mm-hmm. by by uh, title hunting. You can do that for anything. This yeah. position is a, is a it's a noble position. I like your word noble. It's a noble position. Mm-hmm. So I think you got to use it properly. But you know if you want to use it for those purposes do it you know live your life get elected you know you're ultimately elected by the students mm-hmm. so if that's what you want to use it for but i think you only hurt yourself and you hurt the people you say you want to represent and i'm not saying i'm great at my job i think i do the best i can but it sounds like you at least try yeah i, I try you know i mean sure there's times when i can try harder um but i my mindset is to actually do something and that's why i'm actually running again for sga because of that reason well it makes me feel better i you have my vote stop that thank you i appreciate that sir i 
like I think you said you're running a, on a post still. I am. But I'm still obviously going to vote for you. I'm Thank sorry you. that my watch went off, by the way. I just silenced that. That's, I a, nice, that's a nice looking watch. Do you want to flex it for all your podcast listeners? Yeah. Actually, I'll tell a very brief story. Please. Whenever I was home <laughs> over spring break, I met this girl on Tinder, and I was supposed to go okay. out on a date with her. Okay. And I'm from Carbondale. I went to school in Murfreesboro and all that fun stuff. This girl was from a small town in southern Illinois. And start you name drop this town? I, I, I won't name drop this town because okay. there's only an X amount of people in this town. <laughs> so there's only so many options. Yes, right? exactly. So, but it's more or less, we set up this date. We're going to the Long Branch Cafe. Okay. That is, it's the one most hipsterish like they make their own soda it's all oh. vegan or gluten-free and whenever she's told me that's the place she wanted to go i was like okay i see where this is going is this pricey place it's place? it's not pricey in the sense of like it's very ritzy it's pricey in the sense of you they don't have any meat there that's weird yes and they make everything there and it's it's not cheap by any means it's but long story short is i get stood up on the date you're kidding. No, I'm not. And I get a text like an hour later saying, hey, my mom's in the hospital. I'm like, okay, I hope everything's okay. Uh-huh. And she said, I'll message you whenever I get back. Fast forward, never got a message, went radio silence, all that fun stuff. Wow. I messaged her the other day, and, well, this was probably like three or four weeks ago. And I was like, I hope everything's okay. And she said, yeah, just in a really bad place. And I found out she started dating the guy that she asked her out whenever I was talking to her, and she said no. But that's besides the point. Huh. Got stood up on the date. I'm like, I don't want to go home right now. Yeah. So what I do is I go to Best Buy and just buy a watch. Hey. I'm like, I'm going to treat myself. Okay, okay. I see you. But that was the story behind the watch. Wow, and you picked a good one at that. What kind of, can I feel the... Yeah. Oh. Hey, nice. I like it. Very it's nice. pretty interesting. Uh, I wanted a Fitbit, but the salesman convinced me. So he, he convinced you to upgrade. Yes, he did. Wow! But uh, it was it was an interesting day. <laughs> but uh, yep, it happens. Can I ask you something? Uh huh. Do you believe this whole mother in the hospital thing, or do you think it's all a front? To be honest, I I don't want to make assumptions that right. she. But she might be a listener. If she listens, she obviously knows what she did was kind of whack. <laughs> but um. I believe that she had the intention of whenever we set up the date that she wanted to go out with me. Got it. Who wouldn't want you? I mean, well, thank you. <laughs> but uh, I believe that I'd say something might have been a little dramatized. Okay. I don't think. I can't imagine she, her mother was rushed to the ER and it was right. a life or death situation, right. and she couldn't message me because right. if that was the case, I don't think she would have messaged me afterwards either. Right. But I'm sure she would have messaged me the day after. Yeah. Or something like that. But the fact of the matter was, she was posting on social media, mm. like, the day after, mm. and all that stuff, saying, hit me up, and stuff like that. I was like, okay. Uh, yeah, all right. I think I know my place in this situation uh-huh. here. But, uh... It's, it's, so it's more like, her mother probably went for a routine annual appointment, and she turned that conflation, she conflated it. I, I'm assuming that nothing was that severe. But... Hopefully she's happy now. She has a new boy toy, her boyfriend, or whatever she wants to do. But she was a high school student, so that probably she was a senior, and she was so young. Well, yeah, I'm only 19, but I'm gonna be honest. 
I don't think I'm the most mature human being that's ever existed, but I've never really thought that there would be like a change in who I was mm -hmm. from high school to college. And to be fair, I haven't changed much as a person, I don't think. I'm sorry if your eyes are right in that light, by the way. Is it okay? No, it, I am great. <laughs> okay. I'm great. You just got a sinister shadow, but keep on going. I, I yes. gotcha. But uh, it's the idea of it was whenever I came to college, I figured I wasn't going to change that much, and I didn't. The only thing that like, really changed was my perception of other people in a way, and I had more responsibility for myself. And I don't think college students understand, not college students, high school students understand that responsibility change. And I'm going to move this around real quick just to make sure we're doing okay still. But I, I just feel different, and I feel like high school students don't understand the difference. Does that make sense? I respect that opinion. And, and I agree with you. I agree with you. And uh, I say I see a change in you since I first met you. Mm -hmm. uh, when you came in, I feel like you were the wise crack and, you know, you're a funny guy. <laughs> uh, you know, you had, you had so much personality. You had so much optimism, but yet you were unsure. But now I see you. You are a master of the campus, but you're, you're the introspective. You've liked to use that word before when we've talked. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like you know the game, but I feel like there's I feel there's this responsibility in you. There's a determination. And I, I feel like it's really developed. And those might be all vague, um, vague, uh, what, what's the word, buzzwords? Uh-huh. But I, I truly do think I've seen the change. So I, I totally agree. And I think I think it's people in, are told in high school, oh, everything changes when you're in college. And we might not believe that when mm -hmm. we're like, oh, nothing will change. But it, it, when you're on your own and you have to make your life decisions, when you are truly setting a path for your life, things change. And mm -hmm. it can be for the better or the worse. College kills, college grows people, but uh, there's definitely a change. Yeah. And I, I think you put it really well, and thank you for saying that I've developed. It's, but I, I've used Tinder many a times, and hey, I feel like this. No shame. You know, I feel like this podcast has heard me say those words a lot. But <laughs> Did your mom parents listen? Oh, yes. All right. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Canope. Yes. <laughs> They've, they've heard some interesting stories about Tinder. but um, You've raised a great son. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But a lot of it, I think, that I have a problem with, especially when I match with a girl that's in high school, it's just I feel weird, not because they're younger than me, because a, age, a year age difference isn't a big deal. Right. I know people that date each other that's like four years apart. Yeah. But they don't realize what their actions can do. They don't realize the responsibility that they have. And I, it's an immaturity not in the sense that they're not good people. It's mm -hmm. just I don't think they're capable of seeing the world the way they should for a relationship that a person already has that outlook. Like, I, are you and your girlfriend the same age, by the way? We are. We are the same age. Yeah. Do you think it would have been a lot more difficult if she was still in high school and you went to college, but you guys still dated? Yeah, I, I totally second what you said. Yeah, I agree. That's that makes complete sense because yeah, so just a different outlook. You 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 yourself you said it perfectly. Thank you. If it's a different outlook, then people you're basically living on two different wavelengths. So. Exactly. Yeah, that's the way I've been thinking about it. I matched with this girl from Arkansas. Arkansas. Man. Yeah. What are you doing? Right. Like she was in Springfield for the day, so okay. she swiped right on me. Oh my god! And we talked for a while, and it was made very clear that she was not 
on the same wavelength that I was on. Jackson, a girl that is in the spring field for one day wants one thing, and that's not something you should be looking for this time in your life. I'm just going to say that right here. All right. All right. Okay, I don't want you swiping on those people. I should be looking for something pretty stale right now. Yeah, that's what I think you should be looking at. All right. All right. I you won't. know what one person from Arkansas wants for one day? They want you to take them out to lunch. That's what they want, all right? And you're not going to do that. That's a waste of money, all right? <laughs> you were leading me down a path. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess I can see what you're saying. But uh, I think – I actually deleted Tinder for a little while. But – um. But is it back on your phone as we speak? Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've I've tried to take breaks from certain things. I think social media is kind of whack as of right now. <laughs> yeah. You have an Instagram. I do. Do you have a Snapchat? I do, but I don't use it regularly. All right. I don't think I have you on Snapchat. Really? That, that's a that's a shame. That's a surprise. That, I have your phone number. That, that's very odd. We text. Uh huh. That's that's ancient, but we text. Yes, we do. I don't understand why Snapchat's replaced texting. No. I guess it's just so people don't have each other's numbers. But anyway, yeah. that's irrelevant. Yeah. Well, not irrelevant. You know what I mean. But um, anyway, back to you. you <laughs> you're from Decatur, correct? Uh, yes, Decatur, Illinois. I got you. Born and raised, yes. Okay. Was it a pretty big difference coming from Decatur to Springfield? got to tell you, the city-wise, no. I think no. I've... I think cities are set up in certain ways. Uh, if you've been, have you been around Central Illinois, like Bloomington, Champaign? Have you been to those towns? I've been to Bloomington, but it was uh, very isolated. I stayed in a hotel for like a weekend. Okay, I'd say Bloomington and Champaign are very different in Decatur, the way the city's laid out. Uh huh. But for something about Springfield, I don't know why. When I drive through Springfield, it always reminds me of a bigger Decatur. Decatur has 75,000 people. Mm -hmm. uh, Springfield's like 128. Springfield has a lot more to offer just because it's a political scene. It has a lot more law offices. Obviously, it attracts a lot more people. But, um, I mean, it's 38 miles apart, 45, 50 hour, hour drive, at the most hour drive. So the difference is minimal. Okay. I mean, you're... You're central Illinois all the way. It's it's basically the same town. I got you. Right. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. I mean? Come on, you come from a different culture. You're from the southern Illinois culture. You might as well live in Kentucky uh -huh. uh, or Missouri or Cape, Cape Girardeau, wherever the heck you were come from. But, it uh, definitely gets like that sometimes. Right. It, it do be that way sometimes, right? Your, your catchphrase. I'm going to start using your catchphrase. It do be like that sometimes. Uh -huh. Yeah, Carbondale is the one big I don't count Belleville as Southern Illinois that's more or less St. Louis to me yeah that is but uh, Carbondale is the one decent sized city other than Marion but it's all the same yeah you everybody goes hunting or fishing or they like to have a boat and have boat parties or party oh. out in their uh, pole barn uh, pole barns man oh my god. yep that's pole the way barn. it worked okay but uh, is there a reason why you didn't want to go to Millican? Was it just because it was too close to home? Uh, it wasn't that necessarily. I Millican was on my top choices. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know Greenville? Don't Vaguely. Uh, Greenville University. Greenville University was a top choice. Millican was a top choice. Uh, came to UIS February of my senior year. Uh, really liked it. I liked that it was close to home. You know, 45 <laughs> minutes, not bad. But it's, it's just a place to be because the political scene, uh, it was more affordable. But... Uh, it really had everything I needed to offer. Millican's a good place, but for polit political science, I felt I could do something uh, different, something that would be more beneficial and less expensive. But yeah, 
And your major is political science. Political science, yes. I don't think I expressly said that earlier. Do you you think that you fit more in central Illinois culture, Springfield culture, or or do you have a yearning for home? Um, The only thing I kind of miss from home is hills. Yeah? Uh, But uh, I've honestly, this is going to sound wacky, but I've yet to find a place where I felt like I really belonged. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. I like the idea whenever I drive home, I don't need to use my GPS, yeah. and I can I know where everything's at. But that's just because it's home. Mm-hmm. I think you feel that way in Decatur. Right. But uh, the idea of me, I don't th- see myself returning to Southern Illinois. Okay. Maybe I would, but I, I don't plan on it. I yeah. don't really desire to. But, and Springfield and everything, as of right now, the only place where I yearn to be sometimes is like a city. And it's not like I like the culture of being, like, always a thousand miles a minute. Mm-hmm. But, excuse me, I think that was the Diet Coke. <laughs> I think so, too. I'm feeling it a little bit. Yeah, it gets, it gets a burn going sometimes. It's very crispy today. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, St. Louis, my family's from there. I, I've wanted to go there multiple times. That's where my first choice of college was. Okay. Whenever I went to Chicago, I really liked the idea of everything's there and you can walk to where you want to go. Yeah. And there's always something to do and there's always something happening. I, I'd imagine I'd get drained of it eventually. Mm-hmm. But with my aspirations that I have, I feel like that's the place where I'd want to go. Okay. But the whole idea of a city, I like the opportunity that lies out there. But also, I don't feel like there's much where you can develop yourself as a person other than just like grinding and working or partying and clubs and all that. Like SIU, they have plenty of clubs and everything that I can mm-hmm. go to. And I've been, don't get me wrong. You said those clubs. Yes, I have. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Club life, yes. <laughs> but it's just, I haven't really found something that I wanted to stick with that much. Like, I don't know how you feel about UIS, but mm-hmm. I've had... I've thought about it many times, but that doesn't mean I want to do it. Yeah. But have you thought about leaving UIS? Mm-hmm. I've thought about, but the thing is, I don't even know where I'd want to go. Okay. It, I'd want to go to St. Louis, mm-hmm. but also I don't want to just cop out and go to St. Louis just because that's where my family is. Yeah. And I thought about, uh oh, my mother's calling. We we're gonna leave her. Hopefully, they're actually in Costa Rica right now. Really? Yes. Oh man, she's probably waiting to talk to you. I I talked to her earlier today, so I don't think okay. she'd be upset. Okay. But um, we're gonna. I'm sorry, mom. I just hung up on my mother. Wow, Jackson. What What are you doing right now, Jackson? Uh huh. Jackson. <laughs> but yeah, I've thought about leaving, but I think I'm gonna stay here all four years. Okay. I'm assuming you want to stay here all four years. Yeah, it's the best option. I got you. But I mean, now you're getting settled in. Mentor, man. Oh. You're going to be a mentor yourself. Yes, I am. I can't. I mean, you're the perfect fit for it. It's amazing. Thank yeah. you. But if I can comment on something, mm-hmm. I don't think it's wrong that you want to leave. I think uh, I, I actually respect that. I, uh, I think that just means that you have a wandering soul. That. And there's nothing wrong with that because if you were just so satisfied with the position you're in, I mean, I don't think there's, I think you should be satisfied, content with the life that you have, Mm -hmm. be appreciative of what you have, be appreciative of the place you're in. But you know, things get boring quick. I don't think there's ever anything wrong with thinking I could do something else. I could have something that's more fun that could fit me better. So totally respect that. That's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. You're, you're a grounded guy. So, Hey, 
If you want to take off and go to Western Illinois University tomorrow, <laughs> I respect your decision, but it would be a total loss to this university. Well, I appreciate that, Andrew. Uh, do you feel like you belong here? The Diet Coke. Um, but, uh, yeah, I do. Um, I think I think this is a good setting. Mm-hmm. You Small university that you can make a good impact on, Springfield. Um, do I have aspirations of other things in my life? Of course, but... In my current state of my life, this is the place to be. I gotcha. So where do you want to wind up after college? You know, wherever the wind takes me. Wherever the wind takes me. I think I'd be happy to stay in Springfield um, because that's the political scene. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be good. There's job opportunities. Illinois can be kind of draining on uh, people, Republicans especially. Mm -hmm. But, you know, D.C. always sounds cool, but will that ever happen? Maybe if I'm elected to Congress, but that won't happen. So we'll see. So I'm content with where I'm at in life. Uh, it's nice to be close to friends and family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about the pursuit of happiness yes. here. Uh, so what does happiness mean? And happiness can mean a lot of things, but one of those things to it should always be close connection to friend and family. And usually helping that is being somewhat close to them. I mean, I'm still separated by... 45 minutes to an hour, so mm-hmm. it's a little distance, but... It's not, not like you see them every day. Right, right. It's, it's, a, good, it's a good happy medium. Mm-hmm. I, did, I wanted to preface this before the podcast because I think it's very interesting, but you're a rapper. Oh, okay, all right. You're a rapper and an author, and I read your article that you posted on Facebook. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Uh, first off, let's go off of cold candy. Cold candy. <laughs> K-O-L-D space k-a-n-d-i but i think it's the one uh group that i follow on soundcloud i oh, don't follow wow. anybody else wow. so, so there I, you go i feel special i didn't know if this would come up uh yes <laughs> yes 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 cold candy is a rap slash r&b slash um pop collective low based originally out of decatur Illinois. uh-huh um now based out of desoto Illinois. oh yeah close so well uh, <laughs> yes uh yeah, um, we started in high school, mm-hmm. started uh, my junior year. Now, if they ever heard this podcast, they might debate the origins of this group, but I know the origins. I have a, a good memory of this. Uh-huh. I came to my man, John, this guy, our producer. Your man, John. Okay. Uh, he's the one that lives in DeSoto, Illinois. I got you. Um, I Did he live in Decatur? He lived in Decatur. We all went to high school together. Okay. And he's a great techie guy, uh, big film guy, big film student, audio. He loves it all. Uh-huh. And I was like, hey, can you make a rap beat? Can you can we make a song? And he was like, I don't know, man. He's like, I've never made beats before. But then he hits me up a few weeks later. He's like, hey, I got this beat. And it was a Christmas song. And uh, okay. we made a Christmas rap called Carols of the Prairie. And it is a banger like none other. It's actually not on the SoundCloud anymore because we took it off and we got a little more serious. But uh, okay. uh, yeah, so we started that. Uh, we put out a couple singles, just me rapping originally. He was doing the production. Next song, our guy uh, Jackson, uh, your name right here, uh-huh. your namesake. Uh, Simple Jack is his rap name. Simple Jack. Okay. Yeah, my rap name is a little like Candy Pap, but let's not get into that. <laughs> but uh, he came up to me and he said, "We uh, say, hey, I want to get on this, like, of course." So he hopped in. We struggled for a while. We made some music. Uh, we weren't good. We weren't good. <laughs> Uh, we were actually quite terrible, and uh, we took about a year hiatus. This is about May, May of twenty, May of uh, May of 
May of 2016. 2016. We, took, we took a hiatus. We tried making some things in the summer of 2016. Uh-huh. It wasn't very good. So we came back our senior year. I made a solo track again. Nothing good. We came back uh, summer of 2017. We have... Was this the year you graduated, by the way? Right after high school, about a month later, we all linked up. Uh, we made a song called Thanks. It's uh, It was a rap. It was just out of nowhere. It's still on the SoundCloud. It's our, it was our rise to fame. There you um, go. And uh, it's, it's a Jesus rap. And that's where we really just took off from there. Um, we made that one song uh, last summer, summer of 18. We mm-hmm. put out our first EP called Soft Serve. Yeah. Uh, check that out on the SoundCloud. I've actually listened to it, and I am genuinely impressed. Wow, thank you. Um, you know, you don't have to flatter us here, but yeah. we don't take ourselves too seriously. Now we try to make our nowadays we try to make our music as good as we can, mm-hmm. but we don't take ourselves seriously. We understand that there are people better than us, more creative than us, have better things than us, but we're different. We make kind of like happier music. We just mm-hmm. came out with our second EP. Mint Condition. Mint Condition. I, I didn't even notice this. Mint Condition. It, um, <laughs> it just dropped in February. There's some love songs on there. There's some good all-around feel-good songs. Okay. Um, EP number three. Uh, I can't drop the name live on air yet. Okay. But um, it's coming to you this summer. I'll be down in DeSoto, Illinois to make some tracks. And uh, yeah. That's so. pretty interesting. I look forward to seeing that. Yes. I like how on your first song, Thanks, that you and... Is that Josh right there? That, that That's Jackson right Jackson. there. Jackson. Yes, yes. It's very interesting. Thank you, thank you. I like how you guys did the white shirt with the brick background. Yeah. Um, do you get the inspiration for that? Um, it's... it's it, we're not going to go into that. We're not going to go into yeah. it? Yeah. Right. But, yeah, thank you. Thank you for bringing that up, but... No, that's just a little side gig. That's for fun. That's your side gig. That's a side gig. Something that I'll be embarrassed by when by the time I'm 35. But at least you could say you did something like that. Right. It's a memory, right? Exactly. You can always say you had a band back in the day. Mm-hmm. You had a rap group. A rap group. A rap collective. We like to call ourselves. Yes. I respect that. So we've talked about this thing before as well, but we didn't go into detail of it. But you're also an author. Yes, yes. Um, I would love for you to elaborate more about that. Wow. Uh, I just, I feel like I'm on Larry King or something right yeah. now. Yeah, Jackson Canelf is the man. Um, yeah, I always kind of liked writing since mm-hmm. I was a little kid. Um, when I was 14, I started writing a book. Oh, this, like, it was a Western. Don't ask me why Westerns are weird, but hey, there's still a market for them somewhere. So I True. started writing it. Um, came back to it a couple years later, senior year. Actually, the guy from my rap group, uh, John, he did a lot of editing on it my senior year. Okay. Um, I did a lot of editing on it. This book called Trouble in the Tacoma. Um, you can find it on Amazon. But uh, it was, uh, I edited a lot last fall, submitted it for publication to mm-hmm. Outlaws Publishing, kind of a small time Texas publisher. Uh, but it got published, so that was big. I um, I think that's pretty respectable. Thank you. Uh, yes, and we're looking for it right now. You'll find it down on that list. I, I respect that. Um, there it is. Trouble in Tacoma. And yeah, it got published. Um, you have a five star review, by the way. Oh, thank you. I did not do that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, go make some fake reviews on there for me, people. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 very exciting. Very, I'm a blessed man because I was excited. I never thought it would happen. Um, small time publisher, but 
hey, it was someone they did editing services, made the cover, okay. um, gave a good deal on it, and it was it was good. It was good. So I, that was exciting. Um, so I always like to do a little fiction writing, mm-hmm. um, working on a couple of things, but that takes a while. But yeah, besides that, I um, I now my political writings what I like to do that I take a little more seriously. Yes. Um, Before we go any yeah. further, I will say you got a five star review by a gentleman named RC. February 25th of 2019, Kindle edition. A good read for what appears... Is it verified purchase? Yeah, verified purchase. All right. <laughs> a good read for what appears to be a debut novel. And wow. Like, Thank you. Whenever people buy this, do you get some revenue? Yes, I get... Um, on a Kindle purchases, I get 75% revenue, I believe, something of that sort. Um, and that's on uh, after cost to the publisher. Uh, I get 75% of the revenue, they get 25 That's pretty cool. And then on print books, it's 50-50 after their costs are met. I see. Well, if you have Kindle Unlimited, it is free right now. Wow. Okay, Kindle Unlimited people. So yeah. crazy. Go crazy, folks. <laughs> Go crazy. So uh, do you still get revenue even if like, they download it for free? Oh, uh, yes. From right. Kindle, yes, because I believe Amazon has to pay the publisher. Yes. That makes sense then. So, yes. All right, continue. You're talking about uh, your political publishing. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, my political writing, that's something I really enjoyed. I just got into it a couple months ago. Um, I was fortunate to get it published on a couple of pretty reputable sites. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look that up as well. Thank so you. Continue talking. Um, yes, if you just type in, the best way you might find it is if you search things. Uh, one, one, the alternative title to it is, How Did Socialism Become Okay in America? question mark through the schools and then if you just follow that with my name that's the second site so I got published by a couple sites um, that was exciting got a couple articles published now and um, yeah it's good because that's what I really like to do it's a gateway um, I think the audience the audience estimation of how many people have approximately read my article is like I'm not just trying to give a range here yeah, somewhere between um, the low side would be around a hundred thousand. The high side would be a little over a million. So it was it was exciting. I don't know how it happened, but um, it just took off. I think it's because I probably was preaching to the choir a little bit, uh-huh. and you know I didn't write anything that crazy good. It was just I think people heard something that they wanted to hear. So I was like, yeah, I'll confirm what I already believe. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm feeding confirmation biases, but that's okay as long as people like something. So. I, I enjoy writing, so it's fun. Yeah, uh, Life Sight is this one. Yeah. so That's still pretty cool. Thank you. Appreciate that. Like, do some of these sites give an overview of you as a person? Um, as a published author and a sophomore at the University of Illinois Springfield majoring in political science. That's pretty fucking yeah. cool. Yeah. Hey, thank you, man. Oh, I actually have a pro- proposal for you. Okay. So I actually started a um, personal political website okay. that... Well, get repped a little more when I write more articles. I have three that I'm working on right now uh-huh. um, that hopefully should get published. And at the tag bottom, I have a link to my website. And I'm looking for content creators for this website. Okay. So if you ever would like to write an article on something even cultural, nothing political, you know, maybe you could talk something about, you know, you know, every good website has um, pieces that aren't overtly political, but just have a good nature about them. Okay. I would love to have you write for that website. That'd be amazing. I would love that. And you can even put your tag at the bottom that says, Jackson Canope is the host <laughs> of the Pursuit of Happiness. Um, yeah, when I, the first time I debuted the website, 
it got like 30 clicks that was it because i only had like two articles on there okay yeah. um so once i publish more articles i'm hoping to see an uptick in that because more uh hyperlinks to my site so would you like to uh advertise for your website right okay now? well the the it'll probably be hard to find because it's the website's name is conservative roundtable um dot blog dot WordPress, I believe. I wanted to find the freest website I could find. I don't know if you'll be able to find that to come up on there, but uh, conservativeroundtable.com. It's dot blog. I, you, dot that dot com costs money. Dot so blog. I, I'm dot not dropping money on WordPress. It should be that. I believe that. Dot politics. Dot blog. Actually, dot politics. I apologize. Mm. <laughs> We're looking. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard to find because it's a it's a pretty. If I searched your name, would that help also? It may. It may come in there if you did. Andrew Cunningham. All right. Andrew Cunningham. Okay, yep. Did it come up? It looks. It, is this it? It's, it's pretty janky. That's, uh, that's, my, one of my, that's my second article that I published. A campus conservatives plea for civility. All right. And I've read this article. Yeah, thank like, you. So, yes, that's, that's the state of things so far. And uh, if you go to the different pages, there's a couple. There's a little fancier graphics. but uh, Okay. You have a Wikipedia page? Is that uh, I don't think so. No, I do not. Here? I wish. I wish. I got you. All right. Uh, I usually don't talk about politics too much on this podcast, but since you – I don't want to say you're an activist or anything, but you are a political science major. You are a part of the College of Republicans. Do you hold a position in that organization, by the way? I am the president. You're the president? Yes, yes, now. yes. <laughs> okay. I remember that first time I went there, I was like, this is kind of <laughs> sketch. <laughs> it was the sketchiest thing. I'm sorry I didn't introduce you to that. But no, I'm sorry. That was so awkward. But yes, but yes. Yeah, so I'm a free guy to talk about politics, and I love to hear. I I love to hear what you have to think about politics. So okay. I, I love to hear this discussion. Well, I'm I'm gonna leave it a little vague because okay, of course I'm. This is the biggest thing that I've always been concerned about on this podcast. Yeah, and I talked to even whenever my communications majors, I talked to them about that mm -hmm. and like their professors and everything. One of the worst things that you can do is shut somebody off completely because you state an idea that they oppose. Right, right. And I think you understand that. Yes, right? definitely. So I try not to make my political beliefs like overtly known. Right. I'd say I'm fairly moderate. Yes. I would say compared to the people on campus, I'd say I probably lean a little more conservative. Don't, don't, don't identify yourself right now. That could be troubling. Man. I'm not going to say I'm conservative because here's the deal. Like I'll listen to I whenever I read I try to read like stuff like Politico. Mm -hmm. um, whenever I am watching YouTube and stuff, you know who Kyle Selinsky of the Secular Talk uh, podcast slash radio thing is. I don't think I've ever heard. Of he is a very liberal young man, okay. and I've watched plenty. I I used to watch the Young Turks a lot. Okay. Oh. Uh, yes, and I also Ooh. now. Whenever I sometimes I'll watch Ben Shapiro and okay. uh, Stephen Crowder. Yeah. Like I. I try to get a good mix of everything. Right. And I used to be – I think it's all pretty subjective right now, especially in my mind. Mm -hmm. I used to be very overtly one thing rather than the other, and I used to have some very hard stances. Mm -hmm. But now whenever you think of things – and I'm not saying it's my college education that's made me change my outlook. But being consistent and have a good reasoning behind what you do, I used to always think that reasoning was just – 
a way to argue your point. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people, especially in their mind, forget that your reasoning shouldn't be just to argue. It's for you to understand why you feel that way as well. Okay. And I think a lot of people, it's like, I am pro-choice or mm -hmm. I am pro-life. It's like, I will argue you tooth and nail for everything. Right. But you forget why is this a problem in the first place? Yeah. And what do you define as the limitations of this problem? Yeah. The same thing with gun rights. I don't believe in the Second Amendment versus I don't think gun legislation or anything should infringe on the rights of American people because mm -hmm. I'm a constitutionalist. Mm -hmm. Like those two of you's opposing viewpoints. Like everybody can have their own opinion, but their reasoning behind it. If it's just based on feeling, I used to be very emotional in my political views. Uh -huh. But to stay consistent and actually make sense, if you take just the facts into consideration, yes. it alters the way you look at things. Yeah. The thing is, a big problem, and I think you can agree with this, is everybody disagrees on what the facts are. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. We even have a class about how, how do we know is in our CAP mm -hmm. courses right now. And Dr. Klingshirn touched on this as well. It's like we have to have a general understanding of what is actually factual. Yeah. And the whole thing, whenever I said reasoning versus just arguing, mm -hmm. if you don't under have a good comprehension and understanding and reasoning behind what you're saying, why do you even believe what you're saying other than just to argue? Yeah. I think a lot of people forget that. That's very well said. Well, thank you. But uh, and, and if I can say something on that. Yeah, that's that's the truest thing I've heard. I think in a long time is that um, everything you said, but if you can say the facts portion is that we are living in a society that truly has two sets of facts for everything, mm -hmm. and it's not even alternative facts or fake news so much, or what people believe to be misinformation. It's truly I think we live in a world where. Facts can be misrepresented, mm -hmm. where or facts can be used, or everybody has two sides of facts. While well, they can say, some people look at the economy right now and they say it is thriving. Mm -hmm. We have low unemployment, um, jobs. There's somewhere I don't want to state an erroneous number, so I'm not even going to say the number, but a very high number of open jobs looking for employment. Mm -hmm. um, record unemployment for people of uh, different ethnicities and backgrounds. Mm -hmm. and, um, the incomes like things are looking great mm -hmm. economically and people a lot of people believe that and that's sometimes that should be not even debatable but yet then again we have people who say it is not we say well look how wages are stagnant uh -huh. and you have different things and people say the economy is not that good um, but or we can even go to something like oh um, whether or not gun control works mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of different facts that can be used for two different things, and someone will always have a stat to spout off at you, and why they're right, because we live in a fact-driven world, too. Everybody wants to see what's your source, and that's good. What's your source of this information? Well, Fox News could have told you this, and they could have told you something different, but guess what? The Daily Beast might have told you something different, too. Yeah. And who do you believe? Because these people are both reputable. These people both have their different viewpoints and they might use the same facts to make different arguments and it's, it's so hard to decipher what's true and what's not and that's that's truly I don't know if our course curriculum on how do you know really taught me much of yeah um, anything I, I like my how do you know class but 
Um, I don't know. It's a crazy world we live in. I truly believe that. And on your point about not alienating people, totally respect that because, you know, you don't want to alienate people. You don't want to make people think they can't relate to you anymore because you feel this way or that way. And especially as your role in a facilitator of discussion, you're simply asking me things and you have your opinions. Mm-hmm. I feel like you don't want to impose your beliefs on other people. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, and I respect that. And even so, um, I'm a Republican. I see myself as a conservative guy, but I'm not an ideologue. I'm not crazy. I believe what I believe for reasons, mm-hmm. like you talked about. Um, but, no, I mean, I'm not your stereotypical person that anybody on the left thinks is a Republican. Like, oh, he hates all people of this person. Like, no, that's ridiculous. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. I'm not like that. Yeah. And, I, and if you have different beliefs... Let's talk about it, right? Exactly. Um, there's no reason why we have to fight and scream about things. That Everything can be discussed. And I think in our culture, when we can't discuss things anymore, and everything has to be a personal assault, or if you disagree, um, you are attacking someone, I think that's wrong. I think when we can't discuss things anymore, our society's falling apart. If we can't yes. discuss our differences, if we can't say, okay, I disagree with you, but you're not an evil person, mm-hmm. If we can't say that, what do we have? Because we can disagree with people politically. We've done that for thousands of years. True that. People have different political beliefs. I mean, even our own country. But when we say, you disagree with me, and if you disagree with me, you're a terrible person, or I can't be friends with you, mm-hmm. man, we're not even good people then. Uh, none of us are good people. Uh, but how, how can we even act like that? That's a shame. That's a true shame that we can't sit down and talk. It's depressing. It is very depressing, and I and I hate the Facebook fights, man. And yeah. then if someone gets told off, they'll say, "Well, you know, you know how it is." Yes, I, I know what you're saying. It's very depressing. It's very depressing, Jackson. Yes, I think a lot of people forget, and I think we're at the same mindset whenever I say this: that we're all human beings. We all have oh. the same blood coursing through our veins. Yes, we are. And the whole reason why politics is, exists is that everybody has a way of wanting to make things better. I don't yes. think anybody that has a political view that's in their right mind wants to make things worse from somebody else. Mm-hmm. They want to solve a problem. Right. And that's what I think politics is, is solving problems. Yeah. But I think a lot of people just forget that, oh, I'm solving a problem here. You're getting in my way. That's right. how I think a lot of people perceive that. I, I, actually, I like that. Yeah. Whenever people get like that, it's just you become enemies. You come. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I think I I feel this way. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but I feel like it used to be a lot different. Where people, even if they had different political beliefs, I remember I wrote a research paper. I think it was my senior year about political polarization. That's how I got into UIS. Was my personal statement was about political polarization. Okay, okay. But wow. uh, people are moving out of neighborhoods and moving into areas that support their political beliefs. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what the rural and, like, city divide is. Mm-hmm. People don't want to commingle. Like, they want to be in an area that supports their way of thought. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets challenged anymore. But that is my perception. And the thing is, I try not to say my political views too often. Whenever people ask me point blank, I'll say them. Yeah. But it was always something that me and my dad talked about, and my mother, too, to an extent. Mm-hmm. But... You don't want to alienate people, and you said it yourself already. And the thing is, it's a shame that we alienate people just by stating opinion about how we feel like something could solve a problem. Uh-huh. But that's just 
the world we live in currently. But hopefully a podcast like this will make things a little bit better. People listen <laughs> to this have a hopefully a better understanding of why people are the way they are. And we're pursuing happiness together. Exactly. I don't know about you, but I have to pee a little bit. Hey. May I use the restroom? Of course, of course. Would sir. you like me to pause this or you want to talk a little bit? Hey, feel think? free to pause it unless, unless you have a question for me that you'd like me to answer while you're gone or anything. I don't know. Uh-huh. You, can, you can pause it. I don't I'm going to pause All right, it. Sounds I don't want to put you on the spot. And it's Where am I? All right. And we're back. I thought I pressed the button earlier, but we're good. How are you on your diet, Coke? Oh, doing well. Doing just well, sir. About to go into my second one. Hey, go for it. <laughs> go crazy, folks. Go crazy. All right. I don't want to talk too much about politics, but I do want to ask you a couple of things. Okay, of course. Um, do you feel like being conservative is definitely a minority on this campus? Well, yes. Um, I got you. I, yeah. That's probably an easy question for any college student. Yeah. But I think people that – like, I don't want to say this because it may sound biased, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like conservative voices on college campuses get hurt much. But I think it's probably just because it's a minority usually. Right. Would you agree with that? I agree because um, – well, for one, so far in all my classes, I have never met a professor that – Reans, leans totally to the right. Uh-huh. So far, I mean, most professors aren't that scared of making the political beliefs known. Yes. And I think the closest one I've had to a conservative identifies themselves as like a moderate, a centrist. And, uh-huh. you know, so there's really no, there's very few you might call Republican. You don't have to call yourself a Republican. But any that I really truly define as a true conservative, I have not had a professor in that. And that's something I think that there's more conservatives than you know. Yes, yeah. people are That's quiet. silent majority. Yes, yep, there you go. Silent minority, I'd say, because minority. Okay. Um, you know, there's. I think you just don't want to be shot down in class. You don't want to make a wave. Even myself, very few times in the classroom, do I speak up and say something controversial because it's just not necessary. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just better to keep your head down and keep on going because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. I mean, just let your professors or whoever saying it, you know, just let them have their beliefs, let them say it. If there's anything truly erroneous that they say, truly wrong, you know, I'd like to say something that, I'll say my opinion, but never in an overtly political way, just uh-huh. because it's just not, just not a um, good environment for it, so. I agree. So, whenever you're in class, is it usually, obviously not every class is like this, but in certain classes, do you feel like it's just very liberal in a way? I, because some of the discussions in my class usually tend to have, like, I've heard my roommates talk, not my roommates, but other people in my dorm talk mm-hmm. about how they think socialism is a good idea. Yeah. And they just don't like certain things that usually associate with conservatives or the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. They just think it's not the right way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like this campus kind of gets that way sometimes? I think it does get that way. Yeah, I, gotcha. I think easily I think um, even if a class even if a professor I also say I haven't experienced what people on the right sometimes scream about uh, oh you know uh, people are shoving socialism down people's throats mm-hmm. and it's just like that it's not quite like that I'd say definitely there's a bias um, one the major bias is while the curriculum curriculum taught well, the professors might not think it's biased. Well, of course they don't think it's biased because they have that viewpoint. Yeah. So they don't realize that to someone that doesn't hold that viewpoint, it's quite, it's quite biased. Uh, a lot of the elements, I'll say one thing, I'll be brief on it. 
um, like something we're doing in my What is Power class is a lot, this whole unit on um, punishment and um, like detention okay. and um, like prisons and whatnot. The, the angle of it is very, very, very one-sided. And now people might not agree. Like, what do you mean one-sided? It's, well, the only viewpoint being taken is basically so far as that punishment is wrong. Okay. And that's basically punishment. Well, that's kind of a radical idea that punishment is wrong, you know. So it's all about positive reinforcement instead of negative reinforcement? Well, that's not quite... It, kind of, yes. It's just, it just kind of points out all of the ills that... Of all the injustices served okay. through punishment throughout, like, the last few hundred years. So I don't know. It's just That's just a small example. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Kind of the people that are studying the classes... Um, you know, usually have an ideological viewpoint that's kind of left. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say something, that, and I yeah. think we've taken this class. I, I think you took this class before I did, obviously. Yes. But did you take uh, that political science 331? Ideas and ideologies? Yes. I haven't taken that. I've taken political philosophy, which is very similar. With RGO. RGO. Like yeah. people on this campus would know, but nobody else would know. Right. So I don't think it's a big deal. Right. But I was talking to our friend Ben, who had that class yes. in this one like more or less what I'm trying to say is the class that I took and I am currently there's the diet cook currently <laughs> taking every time I hear a political ideology for lack mm-hmm. of a better word like it sounds reasonable yeah but also that's whenever it's introduced as their wholly idealistic way of being introduced uh-huh. but conservatism liberalism We've talked about that. We talked about Marxism, yeah. anarchism. And whenever we talked about anarchism, it was mostly just about the criminal justice system. Uh-huh. And they were talking about how negative reinforcement was not beneficial. Okay. So I think... That kind of plays in together. Yeah, I was trying to connect that. Okay, yeah. But um, I don't want to harp on this anymore because you're not just a conservative. You're a person. I think a lot of people... Oh. You're too kind. Well, that's the thing. I think a lot of people... Like paint somebody in a certain like image once they yeah. hear their political beliefs. If I second that, totally. Does that happen a lot? You think, especially oh, like yeah. to you? Yeah. Have I you think. experienced it on campus? Well, the biggest thing is this: I try never to identify my political beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, when I meet someone, I generally never, unless it's through a political sense, I don't identify myself as this. Lots of times when I'm emailing people, um, I have an email signature, I take off the college Republicans tag. I gotcha. Because I do not want to be immediately defined by seeing that. Because if someone doesn't know you, they assume things about you, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll think, oh, well, this person, this person must be this or this or that, and I don't want that. So my general reaction is this. When I tell people that I'm Republican or identify myself as President of College Republicans, people say, oh, you don't seem like a Republican or you're... Like, really? Like, I never would have known or something or, like... They make it sound like you have a disease or something. Right, 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 right. Like, oh, well, like, or, like, you're too nice to be a Republican or something. <laughs> something like that. And I think that's... I just kind of laugh it off or whatever. I'm like, right? You know, I, don't, I just joke with them. I got But, um, yeah, they act like... Yeah, and it's just very surprised because... And the same time, I like that because I think it kind of shows a different side. Like, hey, Republicans are human beings, as you yeah. say, too. And um, so I like that. But, yeah, it's... It's it's different for sure. If you go around, people will define you simply by what you believe. Mm-hmm. So, whenever you came to college, did you feel 
you can answer this in your political beliefs, but more or less you as a person. Mm-hmm. Whenever you came to college, do you feel like you've changed a lot? I think so. Okay. Um, thank you. Um, I'll stay away from the political because, right, yeah, we, we talk about political a while now, so we'll go yeah. different. Um, yeah, I think I've matured for one. I think that I see things differently. I think I have learned to be more... Um, not open to my beliefs because my beliefs have stayed strong. Yeah. I believe what I believe and I know it's right in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I have foundations on which these things are right, so I stick to them. But I'm open to hearing what people have to say. I'm open to, like, I think it's opened me up to, hey, you know, let's talk about this. I think that's definitely developed a lot more for me. Um, Did you feel like you were more closed minded in high school? I think definitely because I came from, like, my school. A lot of people were same beliefs or whatnot, and um, I always tried to be open, but I think that I just more shot people to like, oh, you know, they believe that, you know, so I was more like that, but um, um, I think in college I've learned to think, like, okay, you believe this, but I also think you believe this in a different way. Um, I don't know, this all sounds kind of confusing, but no. yes, I've, I've opened up a little more to what other people are saying, mm-hmm. um, so I think I've developed that, but overall, I think... Just grown as a person, I think I want. I know what I want a lot more in life. I think I know. I think I'm finding more of a purpose in life. I got how you. to achieve that purpose through my faith, through my political life, through who I want to be as I develop in my life. I think those all are coming together a little more, and I think it is. I think I see myself as I'm more of a mature adult. I don't know. As a as a man, I've entered manhood. Now, I got you. Right? Makes me feel yeah. better. I feel like you're a lot closer of an adult than I am. So. Oh, yeah, that's not true because that's not true. That's a lie. I, I don't know about that. You're lying to your audience again. Uh, okay. I'm going to give you uh I'm going to give you three Pinocchios for that one. Three Pinocchios. <laughs> yeah. You're funny. Okay. So, did you have a mentor? I'm assuming you did for the cat program. Correct? Yes, I did. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had a mentor. Yeah. I gotcha. Did you guys have a, a decent relationship? Yeah. Um, was it a do? You don't have to name drop them, obviously. Right. But are they still in the cap program and everything? They're not. They've graduated. Um, oh, okay. Our, I'll say this about him. He um, really helped me get into the political scene. Okay. He's a very political type guy. So our more inter-discussion relationship, you know, mm-hmm. d- diving deep into the sections of life, we didn't have that so much, but... He definitely put me in connections with people, and that is one route for a mentor to help someone is, hey, you know, do this, do this, do this politically. So, um, yeah, that's, he's, that was his moral role for me. I gotcha. So the relationship is a little different from him to you to you to me? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. I think we touch on different things. I agree. We, yeah, for sure. I gotcha. Um, so I don't think this is a strange question. I'm having a hard time wording it. But... Whenever you became a mentor, did you have expect? I'm also asking this just for my benefit as of well. Of course. But whenever you expected to be, become a mentor and have your mentees before they arrived, did you have any like concerns about it? Yeah, I think one is that I was only a sophomore. Uh-huh. I am only a sophomore, um, so I didn't want to be defined. I didn't want people to think that um, not like take me seriously. So mm-hmm. I was more concerned. Because people sometimes think like, "Oh, you only have one more year on me." Um, <laughs> That's you know, a big year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a petty thing, but people think that way. Like, 
you know, just like your little kids, like, oh, you're only a year older than me, right? Mm-hmm. But um, that was one. Another one was that I was worried that I wouldn't, like, meet the standard of what a mentor might be. I think as I got into the mentor role, I realized you can really be, make it whatever you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, just be yourself. Be chill about it. Don't take it too seriously. Obviously, you know, make it unique to every person you're with. Make it however develop how deep you want it to be. You know, make them get their assignment done, and that's really your one role is for them to meet their grades. Uh-huh. So it's what you wanted to be. I think I learned that is you don't have to fulfill something of I'm your mentor and you know whatever. You know, be friends with the person, be cool with them. And I think that's the best way to actually mentor somebody is just forming a good friendship with them. And I think that's something that I learned once doing it. But when coming in, I really didn't know what it'd be like. Now. I will say, I'm not afraid to come to you for help, and I've done it before, and I think that's what a good mentor is for, so I do appreciate that. And thank you. I appreciate that, but I remember, too much credit. I, I wouldn't say it's too much credit, but I remember like our first couple of meetings, I was really concerned about spreading myself too thin, Yeah. and I think I've gotten better at handling that. I still uh-huh. do some goofy decisions, but I think every college student does, mm-hmm. but um, I think... Like, as of right now, I now have two jobs on campus, yeah. which is kind of wild. I'm doing the student ambassador thing and yeah. this orientation leader thing. Yeah. You looked great as a student ambassador. I saw you leading students. And, man, I was like, that's him. That's him. Yeah. He did great. He was uh, showing people in the library, the library and everything. He had it down. He looked like he'd lived here for seven years. So there it was you. good. Well, thank you. Uh, for somebody that's a little more experienced than I think you are, do you think – it gets easier to manage your time the older you get, especially in college? Or does it become like just something you live with? I think it becomes easier because you're just used to it, but it's also easier to add more and more things to your plate while not getting rid of the things that are already on your plate. Mm-hmm. So you're at a buffet, you gotta realize that people are gonna wanna serve you more and more things on that buffet mm-hmm. because we're gonna do a metaphor here. I like okay. the analogy that we're going. Okay. Or analogy, man. I don't even know my proper metaphor <laughs> or analogy. This analogy. Same difference. So it's like a lunch line, but this lunch line is a buffet. Mm-hmm. These people want to get rid of all the buffet items before the end of the day. Well, the end of the day is a college career. So you're just walking around the buffet, and you have to go down this buffet line to get through your college career. Mm-hmm. Okay, so of course you want a little bit because you're hungry. So you want a few things on there. So they put a few things on there. And you're like, oh, yum! This is very good. <laughs> But then, guess what? That plate gets too full, and you have to eat it all, too, because you cannot... This is a place where this cannot get rid of it. You cannot throw anything away. Mm-hmm. So, you're just eating, 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 and they always want to put more on their plate. And that's university. People want to fill their student organizations. They want to meet their quotas for how many people they need, so they want to fill your plate. And I think that's something you just got to tackle, is making sure that... Yeah, you can throw things away. It's frowned upon, but you can throw things away that you don't want anymore. Um, and then you just move on. Just say, no, thank you. My plate is full. But also, be sure to sample a little bit of everything. A little bit of Maybe everything. say, you know, I'll take some, but I'll take a half portion. Okay. So maybe get involved, but don't become present in the club. That makes sense. Um, Dr. Klingshin had an analogy also okay. that I want to run by you because I okay. found this pretty interesting. Thank you. Thank you. He said there's nothing wrong with being a big fish in a little pond. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. This is one thing that I've... Usually when I've heard that term, it's usually been like a negative connotation. Uh Especially where I'm from, a lot of people like to rest on their laurels. 
it's just and there's nothing wrong with being secure about who you are yeah. it's just I don't like the idea of making yourself feel like you're important mm-hmm. just because the town or the area or the group isn't that big and right. you are important to that group right. I don't think there's anything wrong with having importance mm-hmm. but I usually feel like there's a sense of arrogance that comes with it if you're not careful I don't see this in too many people I think some people are full of themselves and don't get me wrong you're not one of these people, obviously. Oh. <laughs> but I, and I'm not just saying this because I think any group can have this. But I just thought it was interesting how he said there's nothing wrong with being a big fish in a little pond. Can you elaborate on why you feel like there's nothing wrong with that? Yeah, for sure. And I'll and I'll hit on what you said too. I agree. I think big fish in a little pond is usually used in the sense that people think they're a big shot, but guess what? there's only three other fish around uh-huh. and that pond is a bucket you know like you're nothing okay so when you go to a big world you're nothing don't think yourself so special and i think that's actually really important because people get big head and um i'll talk about that like but um yeah i think the sense it's not wrong is that don't be afraid to go into an environment that's not the biggest environment in the world. So don't be afraid to go to Springfield when you have the option of going to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to make a difference as a big fish in a small environment. Don't be afraid to be make a big impact as a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. So whereas if you go to a big environment, there's a million other people like you. Now, not you. You're a very unique individual. <laughs> but in the general sense Thank of... You can get overshadowed. Yes. Um, so that's why UIS is nice. You can be a big fish in a low pond. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not sure if that's the context he was using it in. That's but, uh, more or less what he was saying. Yeah. Okay. So it's that's one thing. But definitely I agree that people – now, guess, let's say you are this big fish in that low pond. Let's say that. Don't take your big fish status and think you're going to be a big fish in a big pond. No, you're just a regular fish then. It takes a lot to become a big fish in a big pond. So mm-hmm. I'd say don't get your head conflated. Not to you directly, but I'm speaking as yes, and everyone I know what you mean. here. Um, yeah, so that's very easy. It can go both ways. But there's nothing wrong of making a big impact in a small environment instead of just trying to make a small environment, a small impact in a big environment. I, I think that's smart. I, I'll be honest, I never really thought about it like that. I used to struggle with that mindset a lot as well because – and I'm not saying there's anything necessarily special about me whenever it comes to this, something like this, but I had the option of going to bigger universities than right. Okay. And I thought the bigger the university or the more recognizable it was, the better it was for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a misconception mm-hmm. now the more I've been here. I could have gone to UIUC. Right, okay. And I could have gone to SIUC. Okay. And as of right now, I'm going to tell you something after the podcast that uh-huh. kind of goes with this, but I'll leave it like with that for right now. Okay. But whenever I came to UIS, whenever I first drove up here, I thought it was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there was anything wrong with the university, but I felt like they genuinely were interested in having me as a student, so I did appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But especially my first semester, and I'm not whenever I was having some bad experiences, you saw me many times over that semester so you had a pretty good feel for who I was at that point but at the beginning of this semester and at the end of the last semester I was worried that am I going to be able to accomplish the things I want to accomplish at UIS that I could at a different university okay and I was worried that I couldn't because it's not that big of a university but I think and 
I want you to tell me your opinion after this, mm-hmm. but whenever it comes to a bigger university, there are different obstacles, and that sounds like a captain obvious thing to say, but whenever you're in a big university, say like Champaign or mm-hmm. this giant place, whenever there are thousands of other kids mm-hmm. or students, I should say, that have the same or similar aspirations that you do, that's fairly difficult mm-hmm. to produce something of, say, importance. But also at a university like this, a different obstacle could be, it could be hard to produce something of importance with what you have at this university. But I feel like, at least for me, this was probably the best thing for me to do. I grapple with that, and I change my stance on that multiple times throughout my day or perspective on however long the time frame is. But I think it's, Something that I struggle to understand that it's okay to not be at this huge institution or mm-hmm. area that has a magnitude of significance. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. That's just what I struggle with usually. And if we go back to it, I don't think, anything, I don't think there's anything wrong with struggling with that because, like I said, you have a wandering soul, right? You, know, <laughs> you, you. you might want different things. So you might always think, oh, I should have gone somewhere else, but... I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just, it's just you. All, you're always gonna wonder, but you know this. This will. I hope this will end up being the right decision in your life. Even though knowing you could have gone to a bigger university, but just knowing that, I think at the end of the day, maybe it will take a while to realize, or maybe you'll see in a few years that you're satisfied with the choice you made. You're happy with it, and you think that was a good impact in my life. So even if UIUC would have been a good place doesn't matter because it's made a good impact on my life so I think that's a good way to look at it is like am I happy here am I content here you don't even have to be content but am I happy here do I think this will satisfy what I'm looking for mm-hmm. in the institution and if you can say yes you gotta say well then those other things don't matter because like think of the people you met here do you think you made good friends here I think I've met people that I'm gonna appreciate for a long time yeah and you know you may say I've never we're never met these people and what, what impact did these people make on me? What impact can I make on them? Uh, whatever way it might be, you couldn't have had that impact if you went to Champaign or Bloomington or Carbondale. So, but then you might have had other people. Yet, you'll never know. Mm-hmm. You never know. You may never know what your life might mean because of that. So. Yeah. I think that's an, that is uh, something to struggle with, is that idea. But... I think I'm happy. Let me rephrase that. I think I am satisfied at where I'm at right Good. now. I think I accomplished things that are not necessarily easy, mm-hmm. but obviously people before me have accomplished the same things. Okay. So I don't think I've done anything incredible yet, but I think I'm making progress. But um, it's, it's just an interesting thing to think about. I, f- I feel like there's so much potential in life, and mm-hmm. the biggest thing that I'm scared of is missing it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I should look at this university that being small that I'm missing opportunity. I think I should just realize that there's potential in everything. And I think that's a problem, not just with me, but with other people, mm-hmm. and maybe society as a whole. But I'm not going to make that big statement considering I'm just a 19-year-old kid that doesn't know much yet. But, you know more than you know. Well, thank you. But it's just just things that you think about and you wonder about. Yeah. Do you ever 
Like, are you happy here? I think it, I already asked you, but still. But yeah, I I, th- I do think on those things, and that's like I am happy here. Mm-hmm. But I do like I recognize and totally see everything you're saying. Like those thoughts, those ideas, those feelings are understandable. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Have you ever thought about leaving? Um, for grad school, I okay. think I've thought. You know, which is crazy. It's a whole other thing. Um, if I do grad school, I, I'd like to do it here because they have a really good program. But I thought, where can I go from here? You know, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity other places. So I thought in that sense. Not though in my undergrad, I thought this is where I need to be. I guess I did actually think about it. I always told myself if I didn't like it, um, I'll go to Milton. I'll go do safe. So I have thought about it. I won't lie. I just realized I have thought about that. Okay. If I've ever thought about like that, I've thought about going back there just because um, it's a safe choice. So. Okay. So what makes you think about going to graduate school? Um, just because I think that it will help me in my future life for job positions. Um, really, I'd like to do it for myself too. I just kind of want to pursue that I, uh, goal, okay. pursue like a higher education goal, but I think it will help me in my career. Um, yeah. So would it be like a master's in political science or how? I would do master's in communication. Okay. So there yeah. you go. I'm a communications minor, so okay. um, I think. Hey, yeah. we swaps. Yeah, I know, I know. Commu- you're you're all about communication with a little bit of politics. I'm all about the politics with a little bit of communication. There you go. So I think I do a communication master's probably. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I gotcha. That makes sense because you're we talking about Anne Strayhill. Yeah. I don't think she'd care for us saying her name. We just named her after. Right, it's all over now, folks. Uh-huh. But she's a communications. Uh, uh, professor here at UIS, but that makes sense now. I feel like we've talked about this before, but I probably just forgot. But um, I like our communications department here. I've had very few interactions with it, sadly. But we talked about this interesting man that it looks sounds like you're going to be getting in touch with. Crazy, eccentric, wild man. Yes, sounds yes. great though. Yes, he might try to get you to work for the newspaper here as well. <laughs> I, I'd only hope, right? No. Do you have a, you used to work at the bookstore. Do you still work at the bookstore? I still do during the busy seasons. That's uh, something I still touch in. Yeah. I got you. So uh, how, out of everything that you do, you said you wanted to work a little bit more to have more spending money more or less? Yeah. I got you. Is um, that, are finances usually something that's kind of a little difficult to deal with on college? You know. Or is I it mean, just more for spending money to have a good time? No more than I think the normal college student. I've always had to work. Um, I know you, you know, you've always been a working man. So I'm you, trying. Yeah, you, you understand. Um, so since high school, I've always worked. Um, my parents aren't big on just handing out money. So, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> parents know, do be like that. <laughs> parents do be like that. So I've always had the expectation that, you know, you're to pay for your stuff. If you want anything, you pay for it. Um, you know, I got the, the whole student loans, regular roll, all that garbage. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but yes, I would like more to pay my bills, have a little more security, spending money. So just thinking about some job opportunities for next year. So yeah. Okay. So I think we touched on it earlier, very briefly. But your political aspirations, like your job aspirations, you don't know if that mean that you just stay in Springfield. You said Washington D.C. might be nice, but still, that's that's something. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to run for public office, or you want to be a lobbyist, or are you to... isn't it every political person's dream of running right, for, for office? office? Yeah, right. So I, I feel it's so unoriginal, uh-huh. but um, of course it's a dream. Um, 
you know, but would that come when I'm a 57-year-old man? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, would it be fun to ride out of college run for something? Of course. But um, I'm a reasonable guy, Jackson. Yeah. I'm a reasonable guy. You want to stay grounded. I want to stay grounded. I'm going to get jobs in the industry, maybe communications industry. Maybe. S- something, you know, pay the bills, yeah. establish a life. Nobody likes a political hack that's just been working the political system their whole life anyway. True that. So I'm willing to branch out, do anything, make the bills, pay make the paper pay the bills I got you enjoy life that's pretty reasonable yeah uh, I can tell you I've struggled with what I'm gonna do so far but I still have another three years yeah uh, I've talked to my parents multiple times about what I should be doing mm-hmm. and I think with the communications department there's like two main things like interpersonal communication mass media communication yeah I think I'm gonna wind up leaning mass media but uh, I want to have this podcast go big. We've talked about this before. It, it'll be big someday. I hope it'll so. Be big. Well, for whatever reason, is yet to be determined. Yes, but, you um, do. Determination is key. Exactly. But I don't know if I'm going to have a TV show. I don't know if this thing will get big enough. I don't know what's going to happen. Dude, you're going to start advertising products. You're going to start getting a little video cam set up. And you're going to, man, it's going to be crazy. If I can, I'd love it. But yeah. we're going to see. But uh, I don't... I'm not nervous yet because I still have plenty of time. It's kind of like that high school thing mm-hmm. about getting for college. I didn't get nervous for college until my last semester of high school. So yeah. I wasn't too worried about it. And I'm probably not going to get that way about my job until the end of my, not my, hopefully not by the end, but at the end of college. But I don't know if you've talked about this before, but have you like worked with other political campaigns and everything just to get job experience and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, you I, said earlier that your mentor helped you, correct? Yeah, yeah. And um, I think completely, I've had one job, like official job on a campaign. I worked for the governor's campaign okay. um, in a paid position for about four months as like an official like staffer or whatever, whatever you want to call it, staffer, intern, like whatever the heck you want to call it. Yeah, it was good. My job, it was a kind of a weird job I did. Um, can't really get too into specifics here. Uh-huh. Um, after that NDA I signed, but... Um, oh, no. non-disclosure agreement. Okay. No, no, I'm kidding. But um, shouldn't get too much into it, but yeah, it was interesting. Um, got a good experience, but I probably volunteered. Um, got paid in some way or another mm-hmm. for about um, four or five different campaigns. So that's, that's been good. I did a lot just to meet people, get used to the scene, uh, which has been good. So, yeah. I gotcha. Um, well, I'm not going to – I don't want to start winding this podcast down, but I'm going to start asking you more questions. You obviously welcome. Yeah, what, what, what are we hitting here on the time, man? I think we're about an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, my gosh. I think we do need to wind this. Yeah. <laughs> no, yes. But um, like your upbringing, all that fun stuff. I'll ask you the big question right now, but we can get break it down a little bit afterwards. Uh-huh. But what do you think makes you happy as a person? Okay. Like, what do you perceive that makes you happy? How do you pursue that? This is the pursuit of happiness. Oh, yes. So, yes. What makes me happy in life? There's a few different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider myself a happy individual, but that's not a thing. That's just an outside appearance. We've talked about that. Yes, you can seem happy to people, but you know, you always got things going on, on the inside. Yeah, we talked about that in depth. Yeah, yeah, that would be a whole other podcast, right? <laughs> no, but um, there's a lot of things like that. But what truly makes me happy is this. 
I want to live my life with a purpose. Mm-hmm. That purpose defines me. That purpose is who I am. And if I don't have a purpose, then I feel like I'm not happy. I have to be striving for something. Um, tied into that is my faith, my Christian faith. Um, that's really defined me throughout my life as a child growing up. So that defines me. How I live my life is based around my faith. Um, not always as good as it should be, that's for sure, you know. We all fall short sometimes. We fall short of the glory of God, that is for sure, Jackson. Amen. <laughs> um, yes. But that defines me, but I want to live for a purpose. I want to be doing something. I don't want to be say just I want to help people, but I want to make a difference to other people. I always try to live... Um, I want to live right. Like I want to live in a way that's 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 meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can be proud of. Is yeah, that you're getting yeah. Because okay. I have goals where it's political, career-wise, exciting. I have a lot of goals for my life, and I'm always striving for those goals. If I wasn't striving for them, if I wasn't doing something, I think I'd hate my life. Mm-hmm. So I'd say my faith, my goals. And then making the people around me happy, I like that. I like to make people happy, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, come on, man. I think I'm preaching to the choir right here. Um, I like it, though. I like th- there's it. something about that, making people around you happy, loving the people around you. Um, I think, man, I don't know when it was a change, but uh, the last couple of years of my life, I have tried my darndest to not make people like I want to make... Um, I don't want to like disappoint people. Mm-hmm. I don't want to leave a negative impact on them. And in some way, like, I want to help them. I don't know. There's just something about it. Um, so friends, family, acquaintances, I try to leave a good impact because if I don't, I'll regret it. If I feel like I've hurt someone's feelings, I feel it. Like I'll feel it for a while. Like I think like, man, that was a really crappy thing for me to say <laughs> to somebody. And oh. I can be like sarcastic to people. I can be rude, and I try to make sure I don't do that, but, dude, I don't know. Life is hard. But that's all tied into, I don't know if that's making me happy. What's the pursuit of happiness for me? I don't think it's so much a pursuit of happiness. I'm not trying to find happiness, because I've always felt like, I've always felt like I've never just tried to be happy. I think things I pursue, though, make me happy. So I've... Um, they make me happy doing what I pursue. You know, that's loving your life, you know, finding someone you care about. Uh-huh. Shout out to a girlfriend, you know, or whatever. There you go. Um, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. No. Shout out to a girlfriend. Shout out to family. Shout out to friends. Um, those things can make you happy. But, you know, happiness is fleeting, right? True. You know, joy is forever, they say. Happiness is fleeting. So you got to have something that really drives you in life, man. Um, that can be a lot of things, but that drive, that goal, and those things that ground you, your foundations, that's what makes you happy. Your faith, your family, your friends, um, whatever it is. And you want to be able to look back on your life and say, that was a good life, but now that just like, wow, I had fun. Fun is fun, but fun doesn't last forever. You have to make an impact. You have to do something. You have to live intentionally. Oh, yes, buzzword right there, but intentionally. Intentionally, so yeah. I'm gonna be honest. That was one of the best answers I've heard on this podcast. Real? Oh, stop. No, stop seriously. I'm not. I'm trying to be biased, but I'm being honest. The idea of trying to make other people happy, but living with a purpose, and being—I used to misconstrue this a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought 
happiness was a state that you can achieve whenever it should just be something that happens whenever you pursue, pursue something that's important or something that you just get to experience out of the things that you do. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes from trying to help other people or doing what you think is right yeah. or doing things with a purpose, like you said. And I think that's a very good answer. The thing is, obviously, it's a very subjective question just based on what I said. But I think that's impressive that you feel that way. And I think it's important. Thank you. I mean, hey, it's, I don't know. I guess, I don't know. And I think having conversations with people like you, Jackson, have really helped me, you know? Um, they do help me. When these mentoring meetings that we had, they helped me just as much as they helped you. If I hope I helped you. Trust you, me, you did. <laughs> they, they helped me because the way you spoke, um, it helped me reflect on my own life too sometimes. So okay. it helps me develop these ideas. There so you I go. like it. I gotcha. Um, do you have any questions for me, perchance? Man, dude, there's so many things I want to ask you. There's so many things I could just get into because such an interesting character. Well, thank um, you. I you are, you are, dude. Man. <laughs> well, uh, you, I'm in no rush. Depending on how long you want to talk to me, I might have to pee again. But I don't know if you have something. What time is it? It's nine ten. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I am going to get to Decatur tonight. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you one thing. Okay. I'm going to do one thing, and if this is a closing, I don't know. But okay. I'm going to ask you this. I don't know if anybody's asked you this before. Why do you truly podcast? Why do I truly podcast? Yes. Why do you do what you do? Why do I do Mr. what Kenobi? I do? Okay. I could go... Has anybody uh, asked you this? Uh, like, people have asked me what makes me happy, but, but nobody's ever asked me what the purpose of this was. Well, and, you can, and you can tie this into what makes you happy. Yes. I'm going to. <laughs> yes. I think the whole purpose of this podcast was, for one, I always liked the idea of being able to put my ideas out because... Not to sound narcissistic, but I don't think too many people have the outlook that I have on life. Okay. And I figure if I can put this out and show people that there are positive things in the world, people are people, and you can understand them if you talk to them. I've gotten very emotional about talking about this in classes Uh to people to try to make them understand the way I see things. Mm -hmm. But I think this podcast, however rudimentary or bad or poor this could be, or how great this could be. The whole idea is not only to help me have something that I can put on my resume, I obviously can always <laughs> use this, right. but it's more about showing that there's understanding in the world, trying to put my ideas out there about how I think the world can be a good place. And I want my life story to connect others. I obviously want to have other people know my story eventually. Mm-hmm. I hope to do something very important do something that I find important to myself. And I think if other people that I ever get to interview on this podcast do something important, they can come back to this and understand them even whenever they're younger. So this could even have an effect on you. Wow. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Anybody that's ever been on this podcast that does something can come back to this and understand what they were like whenever they were younger, uh-huh. what their beliefs were, see if they changed, see if they didn't. And have an understanding, even the people that you've seen that say somebody does something really bad or mm-hmm. something really good. They're still human and they still can talk to people like this. And even whenever you disagree with somebody or you see somebody that has an opposing viewpoint, mm-hmm. you can understand that they're still human because they do things like this. There's still this communication and understanding that can happen even if you think that it's not possible. People think sometimes that humans 
even if they're that bad. Like, they lose the fact that they're still human, they're still a person. And people, I've heard people talk about how I don't get how it got to be that bad, Mm -hmm. or she, or whoever, or Mm -hmm. whatever. But you gotta realize, we're all human, we all were born into this world, we all bleed the same blood. And I think that's very important, this is what this podcast is for. And if I can do something important, it would be to show people that you can follow your dreams, you can be yourself, and you can try your best to do what's right. And one of my favorite books is To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. One of my favorite people that ever lived, people like Martin Luther King, Robin Williams. The idea of chasing a dream or doing what you think is right or trying to make people happy. If you can do those things, even if you'll fall short, it's that you're trying to do it. And even if I fall short, like the things that I do, I try to make it known that I'm trying to do what's right to me. And this is what this podcast is about. Hopefully that was a reasonable answer. Yes. And is that also your pursuit of happiness? My pursuit of happiness, and this might sound a little narcissistic, (laughs) but I want people, even if it's not through my life story necessarily, Mm -hmm. but I want to be able to prove that you can do certain things. Uh I want to be able to prove that the world isn't a bad place and everybody's human. And people look at me like they don't understand the way I became who I was. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with thinking about it. But you got to realize that everybody has growth and everybody changes. But I want to be able to show that a person from small towns, middle of nowhere, could try his best to do what he thinks right. And hopefully make an impact on however many people I can touch with this podcast. If I become rich and famous, if anything ever happens, or even if it doesn't, I still made the attempt. I think it's too many people give up or don't try or are afraid that they don't have meaning whenever they do. I think every life is worth living and I think everything's worth pursuing as long as you care. And that's what this is about. Does that make sense? That makes complete sense. That's good. That's, dude, that's awesome. Thank you. That's truly awesome. And I'll be honest, I fall short a lot too. And I think... We all do. (laughs) It do be like that. It'd definitely be like that. And maybe this wasn't the best idea for me to do these things, but at least it was an attempt. I'm still going to continue to do this. And to be honest, the likelihood of everybody that listens to my podcast or even knows me, Mm -hmm. they don't understand who I am necessarily. But that doesn't mean we're not friends. I think you're one of the few people that can at least have a good comprehension of who I am as a person. Like there's not too many people that I say, get it. (laughs) And that's okay. And I don't think... Like I've never really stated that explicitly Uh on the microphone on this podcast. But it's... I get tired of people thinking they understand something whenever they just assumed what it was. Mm -hmm. And I think this podcast helps with that too. But I hope I didn't ramble at all. Hopefully that made sense. I I hope you achieve that pursuit of happiness. I I think you are. I think you are. I'm trying my best every day. For better or for worse. Well, I appreciate that, that you're doing that. Well, thank you. You're always in my thoughts and prayers, Jackson. I'm always, man, I'm like, Mr. Cano, if I see you, that smiling face on campus, it's always like, what's up? I'm like, man, what is that dude doing now? You know, like, man, he's always got that goofy smile on his face. Like, bro, what are you even doing? Man? But no, I'm messing around. Awesome, awesome program. Well, thank great. you, Andrew. I appreciate great to be on tonight. Huh? And it's creepy, creepy room. This is straight up shady as can be. 
It's very interesting. It, it's actually pitch black in here right now with one light. Yeah. It's just so weird. I got the hallway light, my laptop, and you can see the lamppost outside. I'd actually like if you'd leave your Diet Coke cans just on the table for memory <laughs> for whoever's here. Yeah. Um, there's a recycling bin. We can leave them. Leave them in there. They'll be like, who was drinking Diet Cokes in here? It's a, it's a weird flex. But <laughs> it's a weird flex. All right. Um, I think we're going to close it here. All right. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to say? I just want to say thank you. It's been a pleasure and wish you all the luck in your pursuit. The feeling is mutual. I hope you know that, Andrew. And I'm glad that you came on. Thank you. It's been great. All right. Uh, Again, I will post this on Snapchat, Instagram. If you follow me on SoundCloud, you'll get a notification whenever I post this. Next episode is the 20th episode. I'm going to try to do something special. I'm probably going to post something on my Instagram to see if people would be interested in that or if it should just be another episode. Okay. I have a couple ideas for episodes coming up. Uh, I have a sparring partner here at UIS who I want to have on the podcast. All right. I actually got some pretty gnarly bruises on me right now <laughs> from earlier today. Oh, my gosh. But uh, I have a friend who's on the tennis team. I mentioned him a few times. I don't think he, – he wants to be on the podcast, obviously. Also, another podcaster Okay. Uh, is going to be on the podcast eventually, I think. But uh-oh. other than that, I think that's everything. So please – uh, share this with your friends if you found it interesting. I think it was a very good conversation with a very good man, my friend, and my mentor still. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, this has been the 19th episode of The Pursuit of Happiness, and I hope you continue to pursue your happiness for uh, all that are listening. Sir, I will. Thank you. Thank you. I'll share this far and wide. Well, thank you. All right. Thank you all for listening.